Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also, that, that means it's, that it, it, it's certain, means it's done, it can't be non, undone. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. By the way, Christ dies no more, we'll find out that in a minute. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified, before I go on. What does the word was mean? Past tense. Done deal. Done deal. So you can say, I was crucified. Matter of fact, Christ as me was crucified. Not something you have to do, not something in the future, not something to overcome anything. This is something, this is a reality. That's why it said certainly, you died. If the Spirit of God lives in you, the old you is dead. It doesn't have to die daily. doesn't have to be crucified. It was. It's a done deal. That is certain. Are you certain of that? That's the question you have to pray into and ask yourself. Am I certain of this, that this is true? Not about God. It's easy to believe of God because we believe in the resurrection. Do you believe it about you? Good, I'm glad you do. Yes. See, that's how, that's how you receive it. You keep going, yes, I, that, that old person is dead gone. We'll come back to that. By the way, here's the reason why. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. How can something that's died be a slave to anything? It's, it's what? Dead. You know, I used to hear, hear this preached quite a bit, but dead men don't squeak when they're pinched. They don't make a sound. Did you ever go to a funeral? Did you ever touch that body that was in the casket? It does not respond when you touch it. It's dead. And it means it's lifeless. There is no life in it. Remember that. That's a key thought. For he who has died has been freed from sin. That means sin can't come out of or be affected by that. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Do you believe that? Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Now, 
remember, you're going in the same way. I don't die anymore. I don't have to die anymore. I died. I don't have to die anymore. I'm, di- I'm dead, and I'm dead to sin. Death no longer has dominion over him, has power over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, that means in the same way, you also reckon yourselves. That means you go, yep, I died. Just what I was trying to get you to do a minute ago. I have died and I'm dead to sin. And look at the next part. In the same way, likewise, I am alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what should the focus of your faith be? Living unto God, not dying to sin. That was. The thing that is now is I wake up in the morning and go, I'm alive in you. I'm alive this morning. Even when you feel wretched at 4 a.m. You're still, I'm alive. And I'm good. And the life I now live, I think of what Paul said in Galatians. The life that I now live, I live by faith in me, in the Son of God, who's alive in me. I'm alive because he's alive. And where is he alive at? Inside of you. That the power of God might be unto salvation. It is a power that is alive in you, and it's God, and he's very alive. He's not sort of alive. This is not Princess Bride stuff. You're not Wesley, and you're not mostly dead. You're dead, and now you are alive to love, true love. And that's what brings you together today. Does it make it? This is, this is what Paul said in Romans 1. He said, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. This is what he was talking about. Because a lot of people want to tell you, yeah, well, you have to die daily. And they'll give you equations that you got to work out in your life. And they'll, they'll give you step one, step two, step three, step four. And if you get this one right, now don't mess up along the way, because if you mess up along the way, you have to go back to go and start the process all over again. Or you go to jail, you skip go, and now you've got to roll the dice to get out of jail. Unless you have Romans 8.1 in your pocket. It's your get-out-of-jail-free card. They don't like that either. They want to deny the power of that. Here's what's the truth out of all this. That's not looking on what your goal in life is. God has a goal in these passages of Scripture. Goal meaning God sent his word with an intent and purpose. It's one, so that you would walk in the newness of this life. That you wouldn't let the past wear you down. Stop you. The other one was so that you would recognize you're not alive to sin. We give more power to sin than we do the power of God's salvation. When we spend more time trying to deal with it. 
if you're dealing with your sin, you missed God. Because God dealt with your sin. Who should you deal with? That's playing a word game, and I do whatever I want, and just ignore it. That's stupid. That's illogical. That's actually what Paul wrote. May it never be, he says. Why would a, a, a regenerated person doesn't think that way? And a person who understands this, who has heard this and has a revelation of it, doesn't think that way. I did not get up this morning and say, hmm, I think I'll get some meth today because that might make me feel better. I don't think that way anymore. It's funny, we'll say it over big moral things like that, and we won't say it over simple things like, don't cheat on your taxes. I don't not cheat on my taxes because it's illegal. I don't cheat on my taxes because it's unthinkable. I don't think that way. I am alive to God. God doesn't think that way, does he? Gee, I'll get all the believers to cheat on their taxes. They'll get around those darn politicians. What? I don't think that way. I don't think, hmm, I got up this morning. Brenda hasn't been loving me very well this week, so I think I'll, uh, I think I'll get out the leather and the strap and give her a few whacks, and then I'm going to chain her in the basement. And when she starts crying out, I love you, honey, I love you, honey, and she comes to her senses, then I will go down and release her, and we will have true love. Fat luck. She gets a hold of my new handgun, and I'm dead. <laughs> we think of Christianity in those terms. We think that that's how God's going to treat us. He's not going to lock you in the basement because you sinned. He's going to go, that's not who you are, honey. That's not who I am. Therefore, it's not who you are. Don't associate with that anymore. Run from it. Flee from it. Get away from it. It'll eat this life up alive in front of you, and you'll feel empty and hollow and lifeless when I made you to be alive to me in the newness of life. Think on these things, Paul wrote the Philippians church. Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is true. If you're struggling with, a, with anything, go learn Philippians 4.8 and then set your mind on those things. Therein is life. Well, it's an equation. No, it's not. It's receiving the life of Christ inside of you. How much does God love you today? Romans 6. We can always go back to Romans 6. What does God really think of me? Romans 6. What does God want to see in my life? Romans 6. What's my destiny? Romans 6. How should I then live? Romans 6. This is why, this is why I felt so important to be here. This is the hinge. This is the power of God unto salvation. And you know that old saying, I was saying, meditating on this in, in my prayer time this morning. Where I don't know if you ever heard this. I'm old, so maybe you haven't heard this. But it used to be a saying when I was a kid, what you don't know won't hurt you. Well, that's damn stupid. In every sense of the word, 
that's the most ignorant statement I've ever heard. If you don't know this, it's going to hurt you. It will hinder your walk with God. It will stop you from being who God made you to be. What's my destiny? To live in Christ. Will there be adventures along the way? Of course, we've got a lot of American stuff on you. Dump that and you'll be delighted in Romans 6. You will. Because then going to Walmart, well, it is for any of us anyway, going to Walmart is an adventure. Especially if you go to the Raymore Walmart. That's a real adventure. That is a really big adventure. Look. Romans 6 says, Your old self was crucified. The old self is the person that you were, not the person that you are. It's about you, where he says, reckon, it's seeing that what you were is dead. It's not alive. It's not alive. It's like looking at your own casket. You know, the... uh, It's funny, no matter how much they dress up, and I'm not trying to put anything down. Maybe you recently went through a hard thing. If you did and this offends you, please forgive me. But you look at that body that's in the casket. They all just look like that. They have the same pinched look in their mouth. No matter how much makeup they put on it, no matter what it's caked with, because that's not them. They're not there anymore. I, and I want to get across to you, is you, if you can see yourself in that casket, that's not you. You're to see yourself in the glory of God, in the glory of Christ. He dies no more. It's done. So he's alive. What does that look? Just ask yourself the question this week when you pray. What do I look like truly alive? Here's the response from the Spirit. I can tell you what he'll say. He'll, he'll even use a Scottish accent. Glorious. Isn't that what the scripture says? Christ in you, the hope of. You have to look like glory because he's glorified. Does it make any sense? I'm identifying with something. I'm taking what it says here and going, that which was, was. That which is, is. Oh my gosh, it is me. He doesn't see me in the basement trying to get better. He sees me risen and seated in heavenly places with him. I can be both places at once. I can be stuck in the middle here with you, and I can be in the glorious land of my inheritance and my destiny. All at the same time, imagine that in every good sense of the word. Imagine that. Can you see yourself that way? Can you declare it? Here's why you must see it. This is, this is really what Romans 6 is saying. If you don't, remember when I said dead men don't squeak, but their voice still tells lies. The very fact that the body is there in the casket starts saying things. Lord. Goes to Christmas past. 
What? You'll never change. I'm who you are. But this is what you're really like. You're always wrong and you'll always make the same mistake. You get just what you deserve, buddy, and pretty soon the other shoe's going to drop. See, it doesn't have to be the voice of the enemy. It was the voice of dead me. Not the enemy, the dead me. And it's coming back from the grave, and that voice is always associated with two things, law and sin. Because it is from, now think, that old human person is born, it's what Paul said was Adam, Adam nature. It was born because of what Adam did, addicted to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the only thing that it could find because it turned from life. What Christ did is to get you to turn from that voice and turn back into life. And that voice will, oh, that's why it's a voice that brings shame. It's a voice that identifies you always because we think sin came out of the fruit of that tree. Sin and death. So it will always identify you with what? Sin and death. So the more you try to overcome your sin, guess what you're identifying with? Sin and death. You tell me I don't have to battle against sin? I'm telling you, walk in newness of life and you won't. That's what he says here. Somebody asked me the other day, what do you do when you sin? I went, nothing. Confess. I said, Yeah, I, I tell the Lord I'm not being who I was, or I'm being who I was and not who I am, and I don't want to be what I was. I don't even like to talk about him anymore, I tell stories about him. Trust me, it's your voice, not the enemy. The enemy will let you pray and rant and rail against his lies. He's laughing. He's You haven't reckoned something in your life. So you're attributing your voice to me. I won't. Now all the power's mine. You've just given me authority. You're telling me I'm the one that can make you do that. The devil made me do it. He doesn't have that authority over you. We sing the song and we try to work. By the way, music is just work. Music until it becomes you connected to God and then it becomes worship. That was incredible music this morning, but it didn't become worship until my heart connected to God. Not to the musicians. You guys are great. I look. It's still a gift to me, this little body, and we get that. I'm stunned. But it's still not worship until my heart connects with God. It's funny. It's relationship that makes worship, not music. The voice of the old person who did walk in shame cannot change you and either blames you or justifies you. That's what the knowledge of the tree of good and evil is. It's good and evil. Yes, I'm going to make you listen to Martin Lloyd-Jones. 
This is what he said about what I'm saying. The old man is the man that I was in Adam. It says the old man is crucified. That is the man that has died once and forever. Remember, it's written in the Aorist tense. Now, forever. This, to me, is one of the most comforting and assuring and glorious aspects of our faith. We are never called to crucify our old man. Why? Because it has already happened. The old man was crucified with Christ on the cross. Nowhere does the scripture call upon you to crucify your old man. Nowhere does the scripture tell you to get rid of your old man. For the obvious reasons that he is already gone. Not to realize this is to allow the devil to fool you and to delude you. What you and I are called upon to do is to cease to live as if we were still in Adam. Understand that the old man is not there. The only way to stop living as if he were still there is to realize that he is not there. This is the New Testament method of teaching. This is the instruction that Paul gave. He's saying, see it this way. It's a revelation that changes you. The whole trouble with us, says the New Testament, is that we do not realize what we are. That we still go on thinking we are the old man and go on trying to do things to the old man. That has been done. The old man was crucified with Christ. He is a non-existent. He is no longer there. If you are a Christian, the man that you were in Adam has gone out of existence and has no reality at all. Has no reality at all. That means much of our battle, you guys, is an illusion. It's not real. It's not true. As long as he can get you to spend most of your Christian life praying all those protection prayers and praying all those binding prayers and doing all that, am I against prayer? No, pray. And sometimes you get led to pray some really strange prayers. But I would tell you this, if you're spending all your time praying that the old man would die, you, all you're doing is asking God to keep doing what he already did. And all he can respond to you with is, I did that. I, I did that. God, help me die to the flesh. I, I did that for you. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it a better way. This is the way, what do you say? Now walk in it. <laughs> or the old King James says, walk ye in it. I think I learned the song. You know, it really is walk this way. Here's what it's saying. You, and there's what Martin Lloyd-Jones is saying. You have to see this passage of scripture in Romans 6 as a reality because this is what God believes to be true about you. He knows it's true of him, and he did it so that you could receive it and have it be true of you. When you start identifying with truth, guess what happens? It sets you free. You shall, one, know what? The truth, and that truth will 
if you are free, you are free. This is the power of the gospel. We want to go do other things. <laughs> if you haven't done this, no matter how much you do of other things, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean squat diddly. Sorry. You know, what rewards will I get in heaven? Oh my God, they're there. Be thankful. How many jewels will be in my crown? Really? That's what's motivating you? God just saved you. You're an eternal being. I don't get the whole reward thing. Sorry, I won't go sidetrack. Okay, there's one more key, key phrase in all of these things. And that's, remember what I said about the understanding aspect and you knowing it? This word, done away with, so he says in verse 6, the reason we see ourselves is that the body of sin might be done away with. The words done away with doesn't mean removed. It means it deprived the power of. It's literally what it means in the Greek. It doesn't mean went away, it's magic, puff, whoo. Will the magic work again? No, it means the, the, the ability for sin to have an effect on you, had the power of it's been removed. It's done away with. That's why, and what he's setting you up is the real understanding of Romans 6 where he says, we now live in the power of grace. What? We've been given a different power. This isn't yin and yang. This isn't, this isn't the, the force be with you. This is the power of God unto salvation. If you have ears to hear this, this, this is a life changer. Because then you will quit dealing with it. You already go, no, it's done. The power of it's removed. It doesn't have authority, and it doesn't have the ability to have power on me. The only power the old man has on you is when you listen to his voice, because then you're getting into agreement with it. And then you're trying to say that which is alive isn't really alive. It isn't even sort of alive. So Christianity becomes this weird fantasy where you keep trying harder, understanding less, and it just gets more and more and more frustrating. Just show me what to do, God, and I'll do it. Did you ever pray that prayer? Just show me how to beat this thing. I'll beat it. I swear to God I will. I'll mortgage every spiritual aspect I can. Just give me the power right now. And he's going, no, I don't know whether he speaks Jewish or not, but he's going, oy vey. Maybe he speaks Yiddish. What, what is wrong with you? The what's wrong with you is you're not in the knowing that. It's not a reality for you. Knowing that he died once for sin and he died no more, and in knowing that, I am now not what was, I am in Christ. God always sees you in Christ. That's why he doesn't send you to the basement and hit you with a switch and wrap you with chains till you love him better. He doesn't see you that way. It's an impossibility. Well, this is a mind game. Like he sees me perfectly. He sees you in Christ. Don't play little English 
human futile mind games with this. Knowing this, remember, remember that, what, what I don't know won't hurt me. Yes, it will. You need to know this. You need to know this. If you don't know it, position yourself to listen. If you position yourself to listen, you'll hear it. That's why the read it real slow meant so much to me. When you do this, then there's something that happened. When the power of grace comes in, it's connected to what faith is. Remember, Romans, right there. It's, it's all what, how we live. The life I now live, I live by in the Son of God. Not with the Son of God, in the Son of God. Get up tomorrow morning and say, glorious, a new creation of God. I was not only made in the image of God, now I've been justified. I am a just person. So he asks this question later in Romans, and he's talking about food, but you really got to see the principle here. Because we like to use this to beat people up. We never use it to get our lives to change. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. What? You remember he's talking about food, but this is bigger than food. It's talking about the way you decide to live out your life in God. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So what's really sinful in your life? Not to agree with what God says about you. You connecting it? When you don't agree with what God says about you, it's sin. It's the biggest sin you can have as a believer. Because you will say you're more powerful than God. You will say what you did in the past is more powerful than God. You will say what you're doing now and what you're tempted with is more powerful from God. So you're denying you have a form of godliness. You are that scripture. And you're denying the power thereof. And if there's anything that is sin in your life, it's that. If there's any sin you want to run from, it's that one. To belittle what God has ordained as justified, sanctified, glorified. How will I change? Start here. It's that simple. You ask to these things. And then when you start believing for you, listen, you're the worst problem. If you can believe it for you, it's easy to start believing for others that don't look like they deserve it either. really is. I want to close with something. By the way, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is one you can start with tomorrow morning. Therefore, if anyone is where? Where do you see yourself? He is a new creation. Not will be. Present tense, and guess what it's written in? Aorus now forever old things have passed away 
Behold, all things have become new. Stunning. That's you it's talking about. Okay, if you can't see it there, look at me. It's me it's talking about. I'll take it. Well, glory. Say it of me. I'll take it all you want. You're You're the best thing since sliced bread, Lloyd. Thank you. Praise God he raised me from the dead. Because the only way you can be anything good is to be God. The power of it is unto salvation. I live as a saved person. Not wanting to be saved, not looking to be saved. I live my life as a saved person. And I make mistakes, but I live my life as a saved person. He says, that's the thing that you focus on, not the mistake. I overcame the mistake so that you could live your life unto me. So get up tomorrow morning and pray this prayer. It's going to be hard for some of you. I always try to get you to do this. Look in the mirror. Say, you died. Your life now is hidden with God in Christ. So you're alive. Take another look and actually turn around. Do this. That's what repentance means. Is turn around, see it a different way. And look at yourself and go, wow, behold, all things are new. Buddy, you're exceptional. You don't have to listen to the strongholds. You don't have to listen to the grave, the voice that says that's what you still are. It's not true. I embrace the truth of God that I see in me. Remember, I'm asking you to do something. I embrace the truth of God that I see in me. What if you really celebrated his victory? You. Doesn't sound very humble, does it? You know what humility, the true definition of humility is? To be yourself. Identify with Christ, who you identify with. Just completely be you. That's the most humble thing you'll ever do. Don't have to be me. You just be you. In Christ. So I'll close with this. This is This is how uh, the Phillips translation says all this. Romans 6. What is our response to be? Shall we sin to our heart's content and see how far we can exploit the grace of God? What a ghastly thought. We who have died to sin, how could we live in sin a moment longer? Have you forgotten that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ, by the way, we're baptized into him, by that very, not by him, into him, by that very action sharing in his death, we were dead and buried with him in baptism. So that just as he was raised from the dead by that splendid revelation of the Father's power, it's the power of God and the salvation. So we too might rise to life on a new plane altogether.
If we have, as it were, shared his death, let us rise and live our new lives with him. Let us never forget that our old selves died with him on the cross, that the tyranny of sin over us might be broken. For a dead man can safely be said to be immune to the power of sin. You don't love the way this reads. And if we were dead men with him, we can believe that we shall also be men newly alive with him. We can be sure that the risen Christ never dies again. Death's power to touch him is finished. He died because of sin once. He lives for God forever. In the same way, look upon yourselves as dead to the appeal and power of sin, but alive and sensitive to the call of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God calling. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Or whatever tone you have on your phone. Supermassive black hole by use. God, I pray for us right now. We've positioned ourselves to listen. Let me hear it. Let me not escape this. I pray this great dangerous prayer that everybody that's sitting here this morning would not be able to get away from this, that it would bug them. It would get in them. It would scratch the itch they have of overcoming. And it would place inside of their thoughts and their hearts and their minds the power of the resurrection. As we dwell on Christmas the next couple weeks, that we would stop and really know that Christmas has been birthed in us. Wow, you didn't just do it once. You birthed Christmas over and over and over again. Lord, I pray by revelation that each person would see themselves alive unto Christ. That they are changed. That is not humble to identify with the person that they were. That it is not humble to identify with sin. That it is not humble to say, yeah, I, I, I got a lot of changes to make yet. That it is humble to say, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Lord, wow. Can I just say that to you for everybody this morning? Wow, God, wow. You're the big wow that ever happened. You are the big bang. Wow. Wow. I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive you in Jesus' name. I receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. I receive the power of my salvation in Jesus' name. I receive the power to live newness of life in Jesus' name. I receive the newness of Behold, I'm new in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and would you give somebody in Christ a hug and see them as they truly are? God bless you.